in Matthew, the 12th chapter, verses 41 and 42, the men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, for she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. These words, no doubt, are the fulfillment of the great words that were spoken in Daniel and other Old Testament passages of the coming of Jesus and the establishment of his kingdom. Jesus was saying to them that they had a, a responsibility, a great responsibility, because the one that had been spoken of and had, had been confirmed, and he was here. There is all already inaugurated in this age, in the Christian age, a beginning or a foretaste of the final heavenly condition that exists for every creature upon the face of the earth. Christ gave himself for us in Galatians 1 and verse 4, gave himself for our sins to set us free from this present age according to the will of our God and our Father, Jesus Christ. We get tied up in speaking and evaluating and in anger, trying to evaluate the present world. But the present world that is so wicked and estranged from God should not cause us to fail to recognize that Christ has given us an opportunity to participate in heaven and in the heavenly kingdom. And if you will turn to Hebrews, turn to Hebrews, the, a book in your New Testament, and verse 6, or chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, uh, this emphasizes uh, what I'm endeavoring to say right now. And he, he said this in the first century. He taught the people who were uh, having difficulty adjusting and accepting Christianity in its uh, uh, present time. In the fourth and fifth verses there, he says, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. We have that great, we have that great 
privilege if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance as long as they look at that next as long as they seeing is translated in some versions the while which is clearly uh, more understandable while they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Although living uh, temporarily in this present evil age, Christians already experience the message I want to get really to give to you this morning is that we experience the power of the age to come. We experience heaven on earth. We experience a participation in Christ. We already know the present kingdom of God. We already know about the resurrection of Christ. We're raised with him. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Himself has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He said when he gave the great commission that we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, a person who believes and is baptized will be saved. We're to teach all nations and teach them, baptizing in them, them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever we've commanded, and then the promise, I'll be with you always. How many of us believe that? We had to answer that today. How many of us believe that Christ is with us? Christ is with people who believe the commission and, and give, give it some. But if you don't tell somebody about it, you lose it yourself. Where is that, that uh, excitement? Where is that newness? Where is that uh, understanding that you're with Christ and Christ is with you and you're forgiven and you need to share it with everybody on the face of the earth? If we've lost that, we need to open our minds to this message because the kingdom is present. The kingdom is here, the reign of God. The resurrection of Christ is real. He's raised, never to die again, and those who believe it and those who act according to it will never, never die. But more than that, he doesn't just give us the resurrection. He gives us forgiveness, the forgiveness of sins. A lot of people don't believe they're forgiven. They don't believe that they deserve it. They don't believe that they have done enough to deserve it. So they just go around with a long face and just dreadfulness and just depression, and they just think that they'll never make it. And that's a lack of faith. That's a lack of participation in the foretaste and the glory of God that he wants you to enjoy right now. The kingdom of God. Resurrection of Christ, we need to participate in it. The forgiveness of sins, we participate in it. And more than that, we're given the, the Holy Spirit, his presence. And it, it, he gives it to everyone, according to Acts 5.32, that obeys him. And if you don't believe the Holy Spirit is in you and is given to you, uh, then you don't believe you're forgiven of your sins, because the Spirit has a job of making spirits holy. And it's given to us to make us holy and to keep us holy and to keep us mindful of its message. And so you understand you have the Spirit just like you understand you, you have participation in the resurrection. 
and that you have participation in forgiveness of sin. You just believe it. As Galatians 3 and verse 2 said, he said, Did you receive the Holy Spirit by the keeping of the law or by the hearing of faith? You receive it by the hearing of faith, the listening of the Word of God and the words of the Spirit. You understand it. So the gift of the Spirit is, is, is that which we should cherish. And according to Act, uh, Romans 8 and 23, uh, it is a gift. And we, we need to look at, at uh, Acts 3 and verse 19 and 20. Just turn to Acts 3, verse 19 and 20. In the first century, when the second sermon that we have a record of, uh, he tells them here in this, in, in this chapter uh, 3 and uh, uh, verse 19 and 20, when he, they heard what he preached, he said, he, and, and he, he, he understood, look at verse 17 in chapter 3. He said, I know that it was in ignorance that you did it, and that did, did your rulers. Well, it's ignorance today when people don't appropriate Christ. It's ignorance today when people have been baptized into Christ and they don't walk in him, and they don't love him, and don't let him love uh, put their arms around him and love him. For those things which God before had showed by the mouth of his prophets that Christ should suffer, he hath fulfilled. He's fulfilled that. Now when you know that, look at verse 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted. Repent ye therefore. That's over 2,000, 2000 years ago he said that to people. Christ, it took Many, many years for Christ to be taken from the throne of God, come in the flesh, and, and, and talk to humanity and tell them who he was and how God wanted to love people and how he wanted people to live. And now he's telling them he's back at the right hand of God, and he has a servant here, a Peter, telling people, he said, just repent. And be converted. You just change. You be converted, but it's the same as be baptized. Because if you put that parallel with Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the Holy Spirit. Here it's repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. See? And then what happens when you, when you are converted and your sins are blotted out? You're forgiven for the forgiveness of sin. And then times of refreshing, that's the same as the Holy Spirit. So parallel with Acts 2.38, here is one here and tells people how to come to Jesus. And he will come from, he, and, and shall come from the presence of the Lord. Seasons of refreshing. And, and the 20th verse says, and he shall send Jesus Christ. He'll send Jesus Christ. You don't receive the... the the, the Spirit without receiving Jesus Christ because you were baptized into Christ. See? So that's the reign of Christ in our hearts. That's the reign of Christ in our hearts. Now, I want you to, to turn to Acts, I mean to Second uh, Corinthians in your New Testament. The Second Corinthians, the uh, first chapter The first chapter and, and verse 22. Verse 22. 
I want you to look at that 21st verse. Uh, well, let's just start with the 20th verse. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. We're talking about the kingdom, and we're talking about the kingdom reigning in us. Now he which establishes, establishes us with you in Christ, we're in Christ, and hath anointed us. What do you do when you anoint you? You forgive people. We're anointed as sons and daughters. Is God. Now look at the first 20, verse 22. Who hath also sealed us, sealed us, and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. How many of us have forgotten that? How many of us have forgotten that? We have a stamp of approval. We are spirits in whom Christ dwells. And we're to be holy because he is holy. And we're to live holy because that's the way he is. And if we don't live holy, we just ask him strength and help. And he says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll give you the strength. I'll not allow you to be tempted above that which you're able. I will, with the temptation, provide also the way of escape that ye may be able to endure it. We're in the kingdom. We're in the spirit. We're in the Christ. We're in the power. And we need to understand that we have a down payment. We have a down payment here. And if you were just look at that uh, fifth chapter in that Second Corinthian, uh, in that Second Corinthian letter, and verse five, you'll see that now he, Second Corinthians, chapter five, in verse five. Now he that hath worked us, or wrought us, or created us, for the self-same thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. That's the down payment. That's the only way we can operate and, and acceptable to God. You know, when, when you realize that you are a spirit born again, and that God is dwelling in you, Christ is dwelling in you, and Jesus is dwelling in you, and the words that he speaks, their spirit and their life, you, you're going to be a good student of God, and you're going to think about when you're tempted and when you, you need help. What James 1 says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God, and he'll give it to him liberally. And he won't upbraid you. And he won't, he won't ridicule you. He'll give it to you. How many of us just get confused? And we just get more confused. And we just get depressed. And we just think this is awful. And we just think everybody else is bad. And we just think this is a terrible old world to live in. Hey! Where are you? You're in the kingdom. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You are a holy person, not because of doing everything right, but because that you let Christ do everything right in you. And you let him heal you. And you let him give you uh, that power to rise above your confusion and your misunderstandings. And you just need to say, God, I am so confused. In this world where everybody's going the wrong direction, 
and it just looks like everybody's turned against me, and I'm just so useless. Well, he says, I love you. You're forgiven. You have everything I have. Just believe it. Just ask me to help you. I'll mature you. Just come on and live. Let me take your hand. Let me help you. And then we'll grow and we'll mature. And we can help others. We can help others. Turn to Ephesians. Book of Ephesians is back. Uh, a little bit uh, forward in your New Testament. It's after Galatians. Turn to Ephesians. The first chapter. Verses 13 and 14. He's talking to these Ephesian brethren that he had worked with for two years and three months. He's writing to them from prison. And he says, So I want you to, the purpose is that you would be to the praise of his glory. Who first trusted in Christ. In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed. What? That's the third time we've read that. You were sealed. You put a stamp. Now you belong to the Holy Spirit. You belong to Christ. Oh, I just, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't understand that. People talk about the Spirit and the tongues and the gifts and infusion. I don't believe anything. You don't have to believe that. You just believe it's like the wind. You can't explain it. You don't know where it comes from or where it goes to. You just believe that you have it because you have forgiveness of your sins. And when you have forgiveness of your you are a Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit synchronizes with spirits that are holy. And it's his job to help them. But he can't do it. He can't do it. He can't do it if you don't believe. He's there. Galatians 3 and verse 2 says... Did you receive it by doing it yourself? By living perfect? By keeping the law? He said, no, you do it by listening to the faith. What do you mean? Listen, Christ is available. The Spirit is available. Forgiveness of sins. If you flub up, if you do things you shouldn't, you just say, Lord, I just sin and... and uh, I need to forgive. When you're forgiven, then you don't want to sin, and you don't want to do those things. So if you just walk in the light, and by faith you understand you're with Him, and you're forgiven of Him, and you have the power of the Holy Spirit, you have the power to live right. And it's not because of what you do, because of what Christ did at the cross that passed it on to us when we believe in Him. And people haven't learned to just appropriate that continuously. That's a part of the kingdom. That's the reign of God in our lives. Oh, we have traditional churches that people think they have to come at 10 o'clock and they have to have classes and they have to have communion and they should because that's a part of faith. But then they just leave him out of their lives when they leave this place. That's not the kingdom of God. 
This is where we come together to, to really utilize the Spirit in each of us as we vertically worship God, who is a Spirit. And when we get together horizontally, we're partakers of the same Spirit, and the Spirit's big. It's everywhere. Where there's faith. Where there's faith. Now look at that 13th and 14th verse. Which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of God. We're going to have this as long as we live. We're going to have it. We just need to utilize it. I just want to close with some summary points on the kingdom. The kingdom is active. It refers to the kingly activity of God. It refers to the rule of God in people. The kingdom is present. Number two, the kingdom of God is, is it's God's reign over all his realms. Now hear me on this. And this is without beginning and end. It existed before he established it here in the hearts and lives of people through the blood of Christ. His rule over Israel and over the church are just making known on earth. And it refers to a time frame when he reigned in Israel over kings and on literal kings and through the law. But now with Christ, he reigns, and he reigns spiritually in our hearts when we acknowledge him as the king, and he's the king of our life, and he's with us, and he's the power that brings us through the struggles. And it's now in our hearts and lives. And it occurs on this earth, but it doesn't exhaust the reign of God. For his reign is in heaven as well as on his footstool. His reign is over all the galaxies, over all the creation, and he's made us participants in all of that if we can just open our mind and see it. So we're millionaires. Our source of great strength and riches is unlimited. The kingdom of God is present. Let me say this. Number three. Wherever Jesus is present. It's in the little child. It's in the adult that's a believer. And trust trust in him. He represents the kingdom of God in this present age. The people who receive Jesus represent God's kingdom in this present age. Where Jesus was, there was the power of God. So where the spirit of Christ is, the power of God is at work. And don't you ever underestimate your power of God to this whole world, if you have faith in Jesus, faith in the resurrection, faith in forgiveness, faith in the Holy Spirit that possesses you because you put him on, 
You have power, and you may not even know how much influence you're having in this world and for Christ. You don't have to. You need just to be a servant. Number four, the point. The kingdom of God is associated in the Gospels with breaking the power of evil. The kingdom was connected with the preaching and the miracles of Jesus. It continues to be present where he is preached and where the gospel is preached and where his power is preached. We can just break old, old Satan just can't thrive in a heart that will receive the gospel and will receive the power that he manifested in all these miracles that he did. Number four, or number five, the rule of God comes to persons when Jesus forgives their sins. He manifests his power in forgiveness. And in second, uh, chapter uh, two in Mark is where he said, the man, he said, you just rise and our sins be forgiven you. He gives new life and eternal life. When sins are forgiven, the power of Satan over that person's life is broken. That's the reason we just ask, ask people to believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ for the remission of sins and to receive Christ. They receive the power and we ask them to live according to the instructions that's written there because, and, and the Spirit will help them, help them to to grope with that and to apply it. And if they miss the mark, well, all they have to do is just, the blood just cleanses them. They've got to say, hey, I made a mistake. Number six, acceptance of the kingdom is, a, is an obedient response to Jesus. If you haven't obeyed Jesus, you haven't accepted the kingdom. Well, how do you, how do you understand? How do you respond to him? Well, you respond to him by the simple response to the gospel. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Jesus said, you go preach this death, burial, and resurrection of me for the sins of the world. And he says, he that does it, I'll, I'll save him. So while well, I don't quite understand it, well, he said, if you're born of the water and the spirit, he said, I, you can enter the kingdom. He said, well, I don't understand that hardly. Well, he said, if you, if you, you converted and become his little child, you can enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, I still, I, I still don't understand that. Well, here's another thing he said. He said, except they hear with their ears, see with their eyes, understand with their hearts, and be converted, then I'll heal them. Well, you ought to be able to understand that, man. So we just listen to him of his death, burial, and resurrection and go through the likeness of that, and, and we become converted. You know, the kingdom of God creates a people that belongs to God. He cre it creates the firstborn. He was the firstborn from the dead, and we were baptized, we were baptized into him. So we're the firstborn. We have all the gifts. We have all the inheritance of a firstborn when we're in Christ. Number eight, final victory of God's kingdom is certain. Now, God's kingdom is an eternal kingdom. If you're participating in here, you know you don't have to be worried about about being it, it ending and, and not handling things. You know the present blessings is just a pledge to the ultimate fulfillment of hope. 
Are you a member of the kingdom of God? You can come and be born again by water and by the Spirit, by just believing that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and I'll baptize you into his body, his spiritual body. That's just the way he put it. And we just believe it. That's the reason Peter said baptism is all something that will save us. But he was the one in his first chapter that said it was the blood of Christ. But it's just the symbol of that going through the death and burial and resurrection and obedience to that form that Romans 6 says that we accept the kingdom. Do you accept the reign of God in your heart? Come as we stand together and sing.